It's the Nothing But BS Podcast. And now, here's Brian and Scott. It is the Nothing But BS Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. And we're excited to be back here today. It's been a good week, man. It's been a really good week, and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. Just so everybody knows, this is the Nothing But BS Podcast. It is on Spotify and, I guess, everywhere else that fine podcasts can be found. But we're also, the way we record this thing is we do it live on Facebook. So you're, in all likelihood, uh, watching us live on Facebook as well. And if you are, uh, I would ask you to... uh, to drop a comment in there, right? Tell us where you're listening in from. Tell us where you're watching from. Um, let us know um, who you are. Uh, we'd love to engage with you. And if you've got any, um, if you got any comments or if you got any like suggestions or anything like that, like drop all that stuff in there because we will monitor the live Facebook uh, comment stream. I don't see. I don't. I don't know all the lingo. Yeah, it's, it's especially for today, especially with the topic we're talking about today, <laughs> yeah. which is good. So we'll uh, monitor all that stuff while we're recording this this uh, this podcast here. But we are definitely live on Facebook, and today it's all about the, the money. money. The money. Right? Show me the money. The money. La plata. The money. The silver. Right. It's all about the money. I've been watching, by the way, Narcos, and the <laughs> the, the the name for money in Colombia is plata the silver mm. or at least that's what they that's the slang like we call it dough moolah whatever they call it plata <laughs> cheddar the bacon yeah it's all about <laughs> gotta get that bread that's right <laughs> gotta get that bread gotta get that bread gotta eat that wheat <laughs> <laughs> so it is it's all about the money we are being recorded we are live on facebook we are ready to rock and roll and talk about the money Money makes the world go round, or so they say. So, so they say. They also say it's the root of all evil, which, you know. Now, you know, that's a great way to start. So is money the root of all evil, or is the love of money the root of all evil? I, so I would say the, the unrelenting thirst or the unrelenting drive for money is the root of evil. <laughs> money itself is not evil. Like it's, it's, it's an inanimate object. That's, That's right. like me saying my lamp is the root of all evil. Like, <laughs> what, what <are> you, <laughs> it's, it's what it, I'm a, I'm a very firm believer that money will do one of two. Th- the money, money will either uh, money will expose you for who you truly are or, you know what I mean? Like, so if you're, if you're caring, if you're naturally giving, if you're all these things, then I think it'll, it'll amplify that. Yeah. Where is if, if you're very conceited and you don't, you know, and you're, and you only care about yourself, it's going to expose that even more. Money right? is like money is like booze. It just brings out more of who you really are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm no, I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> What's up, Brandon Hunt? What's up, Scott Walters? All the way from Italy. Good to see you guys. What's up, Brenda? Um, great to see everybody. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Chadwick. What's happening? Um, awesome, awesome. This is going to be a great topic. I'm excited about this. Um, Scott commented, says, no, it's the love of money, which is the root of all evil. And I, I agree with you, Scott. I think that, yeah. that money just is it, 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 like you said, if you're, if you're a charitable type of person, if you're a giving kind of person, if you are, uh, the kind of person that wants to help people and make a contribution to your community and to society as a whole, having more money just allows you to do more of that. Right. right. However, if you're a, a, a selfish jerk and all you want is to collect, collect and amass material things at the expense of other people and climb the corporate ladder on the backs of their underlings, <laughs> then money's just going to make it 
easier for you to do that, for you to be right. that kind of nasty person. But one thing that I do find that's interesting is most of the very, very wealthy people that I've ever personally met, I can't speak for people I haven't met, but the ones that I have met, they tend to be good people. Yeah. Right. Like, it, like it's, it's crazy to me. Like, and I, I feel the same way. Like a lot of the people that I know that make extremely, uh, extremely good money, high six figures, seven figures, and so on are some of the most humble, selfless individuals that I've met. And it's weird. Like the, for me, the media portrays or now portrays success as a bad thing. Yeah. And having money as a bad thing. Unless you're a celebrity, in which Unless case you're, you're a celebrity. Right. A God. Yeah. Right. But which, no, you're right though. I mean, like, and, and here's the, here's the chicken of the egg question, right? Is are very successful people nice and genuine because they're successful because they're rich. And now they're like, Hey, I got all the money I need. I can afford to be charitable and giving now. Or did they get rich because they were good people to begin with? I think, I, I think it's because they were good people to begin with or had some semblance of good people to begin with or of being good people because I'm, I'm a huge believer that more money does not equal fiscal responsibility. Oh, amen to that. I just built just an outside you, kitchen. I just get because it. you have <laughs> make six figures a year doesn't mean that you're that that you know you have all your problems solved or that you you're able to keep money in your pocket or that's that you're correct. able to that's like correct. It, there there has to be a balance and 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 that's what drives me crazy nowadays like when it comes to and I know I'm touching on a touchy subject here when it comes to like the stimulus checks and all these things and like uh, and people wanting more like mo free money essentially from the government it's like most people just turn around and if again if making sure their bills are paid first but then they go around and spend it on amazon stuff that they don't need it's all bs like it just to yeah post it on social media at least from my opinion and perspective right yeah. i may be way off target here but it, it seems like so many people spend money on stuff that they don't need which is why they're in their financial turmoil they're in when it's like when 99% of people don't care anyways what you buy in the first place yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, there's a good, I, I saw a statistic and I might be misquoting it. If somebody finds it online, post it or in the comments and let me know, but there's a statistic out there that says it's something like 98% of, of lottery winners within two years find themselves exactly back to where they were financially before they won the lottery. Like they right. find a way to just, just blow all that money and they end up right back where they were. And, and I believe that's because of two primary things. Number one is they don't know how to manage money. If they had, if they knew how to manage money, they would have already been managing money and they wouldn't have been in a dire straits when they won the lottery. Right. Um, the second thing is that it goes to psychology, right? If you can't picture or envision yourself, if you can't see yourself as a person with money that has wealth and financial security, then if wealth and financial security comes your way, your subconscious mind back there in the places that we don't talk about at parties is going, get rid of it, get rid of it. This isn't you, get rid of it. You got to get rid of this money. This the saying you. burning the hole in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, burn it, burn it, get rid of it. You know, burn yeah. the whole house down. Um. And that's what happens. And so what we have to do is we have to grow into our wealth, right? We have to become the kind of people that manage money well. We have to become the kind of people that understand the value of contribution and charity. We have to become the kind of people that understand investment principles and all those kinds of things so that as we amass our wealth, we can actually keep it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. 
And the, and it, it's, yeah, it's that process. And, and I think a big thing too is, you know, when it comes to managing money well is it's like the, the going off the lottery winner thing, you know, so, so many people, so many lottery winners, they, they go out and they, you know, they buy a, an extravagant house for themselves. They buy, you know, a car, a, a super nice car for themselves. They pay off their debt. They do, they pay off debt, which is good, but they, and then they, they spend money on the family and friends and all these things. But then they don't think about the long-term effects of that. Meaning at, at the end of the day, if you have no more of that money, you don't have enough money to keep the lights on at that brand new large house that you bought that mm-hmm. you can't afford long-term. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that stream of money coming in consistently, you can't afford the insurance on that car, the maintenance, all of these other things that you don't think about. They just, it's the, I think. And then the you end up issue, losing it all. They And they end up losing it all. Right. Yeah. Where, and it's, it's, it's sad because our society is, it's, it's become such a vain society yeah. where, you know, unless you're wearing that and you, to portray your status, you have to be wearing the, you know, the Louis Vuitton shoes or the, you know, have the newest bag or says the guy with the Louis Vuitton shoes. Hey, those were a business investment. That was a write-off. <laughs> so that was me. That's an investment. That's Not that the there's anything. Look, there's nothing wrong there's with nothing Louis wrong Vuitton with shoes. It either. Right. There's and- nothing wrong with that. And, and that's a great point that you bring up. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with having a big house. There's nothing wrong with having an expensive car. No. There's nothing wrong with any of that. As long as you are managing your money appropriately, you're not, you know, if you look, if you make $20 million a year, but you only live on 10, 10 is an extravagant lifestyle. But if you're still saving half of what you make, you're being financially responsible, at least to some degree, right? The problem is if you make a million dollars a year, but you live on a million and one dollars a year, that's when we've got a problem, right? right? So it's about management, right? It's about that long-term vision. What's up, Sean Jacob? Good to see you, buddy. Glad you're here. We need it. By the way, my my good friend, Sean Jacob Ferrero, love this man. He's like a savant when it comes to money, yes. buddy, I want you on the show next week. So you got to get in touch with me. Cause I want you to be on the show next week. What's up to what's up, Teresa. Cause we're going to talk about money. I think for a couple of weeks, we're going to end up talking about money for a while. Um, as I'm, as I'm sitting now, I'm now I'm all nervous because my financial advisor is watching me <laughs> and he's looking at my portfolio right now going, this guy's talking about money. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, <clears throat> so Look, let's get to the meat and potatoes of what we're doing here today. So we're talking about how to get more. So because before you can before you can amass wealth, you have to figure out a way to acquire more money than you spend. Yeah. That's a pretty simple concept, right? Right. You know, so we got to talk about how do we get more first and foremost. And then once we have it, how do we keep it? How do we grow? That. Or how do you spend less, right? <laughs> yeah, spend, yeah, save more, spend less, all that stuff. It's all just a ratio. It's just like dieting, right? What yeah. at the end of the day, what is dieting? It's 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 expending more calories than you consume. That's it. That's what it is, right? Now there's a thousand different ways to slice that egg and do whatever you want with it. But that at the end of the day, if you eat less calories than you expend, you're gonna lose weight and vice versa. Same thing with money. If you acquire more money than you spend, you're gonna amass wealth. If you spend more money than you acquire, the opposite is going to happen. And it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. I don't think. No, it, it, it doesn't. It, it's, it, it's like we talked about on all of our previous episodes. Nothing that we're saying here is some profound piece of information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wow, these guys are the first ones to say this. Yeah. No, absolutely these not. These guys it's, are brilliant. You know what I learned today? I learned that if I spent more money than I had, I'd be broke. Holy <laughs> moly. <laughs> 
Hey, Sean Jacob, I'm not, I'm not joking, dude. He gave me a ha 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 in the comments. I'm not kidding, dude. I want you to come on the show. I'm not even joking. What's up, Maggie? Um, so yeah, so let's talk about acquiring more money and then let's talk about amassing that wealth, right? Whether it's through more controlled spending, whether it's through saving, investing, whatever the case is, you know, let's talk about money. Let's talk about wealth because it's such, look, money is a library card. It opens doors. Right. I, I love when I talk to people and they say, you know, well, I'm not interested in money. I just really love helping people. And I'm like, well, that's right. extremely admirable. That's fantastic. But you can help a lot more people if you have a lot of money than if you don't. Right. And, and that's, and, that, and I mean, anybody that knows me, you know me, Brian, I'm not money motivated at all. I could get, give, I, I could care less about how much money I make, but I'm extremely, extremely time motivated. Yeah. So like you said, money is a library card. It buys you time freedom. It buys you financial freedom to be able to do things that you want to do that actually motivate you. That's right. That's and, right. And so it's, it's, it's not about how much money I make. It's, for me, it's not how, what you make, it's how you make it. That's right. Well, and, and you brought up a great point, right? Um, oh, I love that. Sean Jacobs said, you can't feed people from an empty bowl. That's, that's right. That's phenomenal. Um, great point, brother. You know, if you, when it comes down to money, here's the thing. We only really have one commodity. Money is, money is kind of, it's an intangible thing. It's a number on a page, really. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, you might have a couple of bills in your wallet, but at the end of the day, when you're, when you're talking about money, you're talking about numbers and decimals on a page, right? And commas, if you're lucky too, right? On a page, okay? What, we only really have one commodity as humans, and that's time. You brought mm -hmm. it up, right? So what do we really, what are we really doing with our money? And it's exactly what you said. We're either selling our time for money or we're buying our time with our money. Right. right. So, I, so I live on an acre and a half, right? I got a big piece of property out here. I can choose to either, you know, do my own landscaping and clean up and yard work and all that stuff myself, or I can pay someone else to do it. So I can either spend my time or I can spend my money to get that time back. Right. <laughs> right. Everything in life, you're paying with two things, time or money. That's exactly right. correct. And speaking of that, if you, if you really want to know what your priorities are, I heard somebody say this a long time ago, and I, I've always hung on to it. If you really want to know what your priorities are or somebody else's priorities are, you only have to look at two things. Look at their checkbook register and look at their calendar. Where do people yeah. spend their time? Where do they spend their money? It'll tell you everything about what's important to them. Right. Everything, you know, right. and because so, those are the only two things that we really have. So, we got to talk about, you know, amassing wealth and we got to talk about keeping money, the, these two competing principles. And I'll, I'll say that it starts with, um, like you said, this idea that, okay, what do you really want? Because nobody wants money just for the money. In other words, you know, if you gave somebody a thousand dollars who didn't have a thousand dollars, they wouldn't just sit at home and rub the thousand dollars and go, this is all I ever wanted. Right. This bill right here. That's all I ever wanted it was 10 of these, 10 of these Benjamins, right? I'm just going to love them. I'm going to put them in a plaque. I'm going to hang them on the wall, right? Because it's all I ever wanted. No. What do we really want money for? And the answer yeah. is for what the money can do for us. Right. Whether it's material possessions, whether it's buying your time back, right? You know, if you want to make a thousand extra dollars a month, for example, if you're like, my goal is to get to a thousand more dollars a month. Why? What are you planning on doing with that thousand bucks? And there's no good, there's no right or wrong answer, but it, you don't want the thousand dollars because you just want a thousand dollars. You want the thousand dollars because of what the thousand dollars can do for you. Either, right. 
you know, Im- you know, improve the size of your home, change your zip code, get a better car, put your child through college, pay off you know, debt, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put put some money away for your long term investments, for your retirement, for your future. Like whatever it is, it's what the money can do for you. Right. Is why we want the money. It's so, so you. So I think that one of the first steps is figuring out why do we want more money? What 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 is our plan? What are, what are we planning on doing with that money? You know, right. because once you understand why you want it, now you can really get committed to the getting, acquiring and keeping of it because you have something stronger than I just want some extra money because we can all we can all live with or without a little extra money. That's not the point. Absolutely. The point is what the money going to do for you. And and just to speak from experience here, just so you guys know, for those of you that do or don't know my story or, or anything like that, when it comes to talking about money, this is something that for me, I, I've worked worked through. Right. When I, I mean, it was like, what, three, three and a half years ago, I was a little over $20,000 in debt. The bad kind of debt too, credit card debt, (laughs) not, not good debt, not, not equity, not like the bad debt, right. Living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, struggling and figuring out how I can, how I could make more money or acquire more money or save more money to be able to, hit that financial relief valve to not have to worry about, you know, all this debt amassing up because the biggest thing too, and this is where, and when I talk about fiscal responsibility, it, it's nothing new. There's no, there's, there's nothing crazy here. People spend more than they bring in. And I think, you know, when it comes to uh, the statistics that I, I, I read now are insane when it comes to like, I think it's like what, four out of 10 people over the age of 18 in America don't have an additional $400 in their bank account. In the yeah. event of an emergency, seven out of 10 don't have an additional thousand dollars in their bank account. Yeah. Frightening. Why is that? Right. Why yeah. is that? Yeah. Because, and it's, it, you know, so when we're talking about financial principles and wealth principles, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not claiming to be, but I have clawed my way out and it, what works for me may not work for somebody else, but mm-hmm. I've clawed my way out of debt. I have, and I'm, I'm, I have, you know, f- figure out what motivated me rather than right. And it's not, what money can do for me. Right. Yeah. Like you said, you hit the nail on the head there. So just so people are, when people are listening or watching or hearing this, they, they know that I'm speaking from experience from the negative side. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, you know, with the, you know, they say that the lessons that we learn in life, right. You, you, there's not, there's knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is learning from your mistakes and wisdom is learning from other people's mistakes. Yep. <laughs> right. right. So I want to help try to cast some wisdom because yeah. I don't want people to make the same mistakes let me, I have. Let me push some wisdom on you today. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about the acquiring of money, the, in, the in, increasing the amount of money that, that you have. Um, there's two ways to go about this and it, it's going to sound funky at first, but one is actually earning more money, finding a way to earn more money. But the other is just finding ways to spend less money. Because I would tell you right now, I don't think that most people have an income problem. I think most people have a spending problem. Yeah. Right. I would agree. So, and if you really sit down, like I heard this uh, in a training, by the way, uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. If you have not read and or listened to the audiobook, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, do that now. That's your homework before next weekend, right? You've got, I mean, seriously, like seriously, 
Yeah. Like, I'm not joking. Like get it. I feel like it. we've referenced that book on like four or at least half of our episodes here. Uh, uh, it's yeah. a life-changing book. It is a life-changing, but like, just like be Michael Jordan, just do it. Or just get the book, listen to it, Art Williams, read it. Just do it. Yeah, just, just do it. You do it and you do it and you do it. So <clears throat> in the compound effect, right? He talks about um, logging. So if anybody's ever gone on a diet or a nutrition or meal plan, right? You, you do food logging, right? You log everything that you, that you eat, right? Everything goes in your mouth. You can do exactly the same thing with money. You can do a money log. You can do a spending log and take, you take a little book, you take a pen and pencil and every single thing you spend money on, you write it down in your little book, right? So if you go to Starbucks, you buy a $6 coffee, you write on there, Starbucks, $6, you know, whatever, mocha, cappuccino, whatever you got. Right. Okay. And then if later that day you're, you know, dinking around on online and you, you know, go to Amazon and you buy a $12 makeup kit or so you you put that in your log, you know, you sit flop down on the couch, can't find anything on TV. You're like, Oh, I'll just do that. 299 pay-per-view. You got to write that in your log. Mm -hmm. You got to write all this stuff down. Now here's, what's crazy. Right. I I mean, literally, cause I've, I lived this like you, Scott, I live this where there were times in my life where I ran out of money before I ran out of month. Yep. I think everybody can relate to what I'm talking about, right? Too much month at the end of the money. Exactly correct, right? And so if you log all this, here's what you can do. You can go back and you can look at it and you can go, wow, I spent $400 this month on fast food and coffee, mm. right? You know what I mean? You can look back and go, holy moly, I spent... $380 this month on, on going out to the, to restaurants and bars. Yeah. Right. And you know what I mean? And you can, and when that starts to happen, when you start to gain that kind of realization, magic starts to happen. Cause you might be thinking like, I don't have any money to invest. I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm out of money by the end of the month, but if you sit down and you money log and you figure out that, wait a minute, I'm spending 380 bucks a month on restaurants and bars and another 400 a month on fast food and coffee. If I just start making a ham sandwich and taking it to work every day, instead of swinging through the cafe or through the Jersey Mike's or whatever at my lunch break, I'd, I'd have three, $400 a month that I could invest. Yeah. Or I could take a hundred dollars a month and treat myself to something nice for being responsible and invest the rest. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love, so Scott Walter, shout out to you real quick, man. He said, bigger point is how much did I work? to spend that $400 on coffee. Yes. Putting it in perspective. That is huge. Yeah. Great pull, Scott. Great that pull. Was brilliant. How much, yeah. how much of your time did you invest to get paid that $400 to spend that on coffee? That's right. Right. Yeah. How much of your life did you trade away for that, that $6 right. coffee or that $13 sandwich at Jersey Mike's? Right. Right. That's a man. That's wow. That's a great way to put it in perspective. So think about this too. If you, if you work, let's say you work uh, and I had this conversation with my daughter the other day, actually, because my daughter, she's 17. Now she got her first job. Um, We're in Southern California. So minimum wage out here is $13, which I know makes some people's heads explode. Right. Um, So she's making $13 an hour. Right. Um, And and she got a job at a, at a a retail food place. Right. Um, And I congratulate her for getting her job and she's, she's doing well. She's saving her money. She's got she told me the other day she had uh, a, a fairly large sum of money in the bank for a 17 year old. I'm like, that's yeah. bravo. That's fantastic. But we were talking about this the other day. Cause she went on to Amazon. She was like, Oh, I want some lights for my room. And so she, you know, like some like cool iridescent, like light things or neon light things for her room. And she goes and she places that order. I think she spent like $80 or whatever. And I'm like, okay, good job, babe. But then we sat down, we started talking about it. I said, 
<clears throat> I said, honey, uh, you know, $80 divided by 13, whatever that comes out to like six before hours. Taxes. Yeah. Before tax. Exactly. Comes out to like, you know, six hours or something. That's an entire shift for her, right? Six hours at this place. I said, do you realize yesterday you went to work for six hours? She's like, yeah, I go that entire day of work is what put that on your wall. And when I said that to her, you could see her eyes kind of like, Oh, oh. wow. Oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, you know, she, she went to work and she, uh, she worked for like five hours one day and then she was hungry. They had their little break that they get in the middle or whatever. And she was hungry. So she post-mated like, Chinese food or something. And it was like 18 bucks by the time she got the meal and paid the two ninety nine delivery charge. It was like 18 right. bucks. I said, honey, that's an hour and a half at work to pay for that Chinese food. <clears throat> right. You know, take a bologna sandwich to work, keep yeah. the 18 bucks, you know, that, uh, yeah. And it's, it's one of those, like for me, when it came to, and, and knowing what your time is worth, right. Knowing what your time is worth. And so for me, like when it came to budgeting, what I did was, you know, and again, this is a way I'm not saying the way I'm not a financial advisor by any means, but I took, I took the income that I was making at, at my monthly income net. So after taxes, mm-hmm. and then I took my fixed expenses that I knew were occurring every single month, right? right. Rent, cell phone bill, you know, insurance, car note, whatever it is. And then I took that and I, 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 came up with my remainder. Right. And then I divided that by 30 days. So I knew exactly how much I couldn't go over every day if I wanted to break even. That's right. At the very minimum. Right. And then if I wanted to put aside X amount of dollars a month to be able to get myself in the, in the black, then I, then I subtracted that. And then the remainder divided by 30. And I know if I don't go over this amount every single, every single day, then I'll end up in the black. Right. Mm-hmm. and to where there was sacrifice that had to be made. And, but I also, cause I, I wasn't going to stop, you know, I knew I wasn't going to stop going out with friends every now and then I knew I wasn't going to stop eating out every now and then I just knew there had to be sacrifice. Right. What's called right, budgeting. Gonna, it's budgeting, <laughs> right? It's that fiscal responsibility that, I, it's, that you don't learn cr- until it's too late. Almost. <laughs> that's right. There's a crazy word for this. It, it's, it's a, an ancient Chinese proverb budgeting. <laughs> and again, these are nothing, these are no new concepts, but well, it, too many people don't do that. Right. Yeah. And you, and you know, what's interesting is if you work, a, if you work a job, if you don't have a business, if you don't have a secondary income that comes from a business or some kind of entrepreneurial activity, in other words, if you don't have any kind of leveraged income in your life and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, 95% of the population works, trades their time for money, right? They go to work, they get paid. They don't go to work. They don't get paid. Oh, and and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's, that's what most people do. However, if you really think about the people that you know that have a lot of money and have time to enjoy it, how many of them clock in and clock out? And the answer is none of them. Yeah. <laughs> so let that marinate for a second, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that part later. But here's the thing. If you are working you know, at a job where you get paid X amount of dollars per hour and you get paid by the hour, Okay. Or even if you're on salary, you make X amount of dollars per month and that's what you get paid no matter what. Okay. Then here's what has to happen for you to make more money. You have to get a raise. You have to bring more value to the workplace. You have to get a promotion. Something has to happen for you to create more money or you have to work more hours, but there's only so many hours in a day, right? You can only trade away so many hours in a day. So at some point you're just capped, right? You just can't go any higher. So if you're at that place, but you're like, you know, I'm kind of capped out. I'm working as many hours as I can work. I'm, I'm at, a, you know, I just got a promotion last year. I won't get another one for a couple of years. I'm just kind of stuck where I'm at for a while, but I really want to make more money, but I can't because I'm stuck. Well, here's the thing. 
a, you know, you've heard the, the cliche, right? A, what is it? A, a penny earned is a pe- or penny saved is a penny earned, right? Right. The, the less money you're spending is the equivalent of more money coming in, yep. right? If you don't spend that $10 on Starbucks today, that's just like getting 10 extra dollars in your bank account that day. It's right. like getting paid 10 more dollars than you would have gotten paid that day otherwise, right? So this is exactly the same thing. So if you start to budget out, right, what, what you do, like if you start to, to money log, like we talked about, and you can start to shave off, okay, look, I don't really need to, to do that. I don't really need to, you know, go to a restaurant and order a huge meal and several drinks. You know, I can have a, a, a more modest meal and then I can come home and have a, have a couple of drinks if that's what I want to do and save 50 bucks. Right. right? Um, or, hey, we want to go out to dinner, but instead of going to Macaroni Grill, which might cost X amount of dollars, let's go over here to the, the you know, Chili's or Applebee's chain restaurant where they have the two for 20 and, and we can still have a nice meal and save 30 or $40, right? Like there's ways to shave down your expenses, right? And then here's what's really remarkable. As that begins to happen, then it's like getting a raise, <laughs> It's like getting a raise. And then this is, so this is what I did when I was younger. Um, When my wife and I first got together, we both had a a humbling degree of credit card debt. We both had cars that were too expensive than what we really needed to be driving. Um, I did buy my first house. That was smart, right? Right. Um, But basically we were running out of money before we ran out of month, just like we talked about, right? But But we had all this debt. We had all this credit card debt. I had a debt consolidation loan at one point that I had taken out to get rid of a lot of debt. Like, we have these high interest loans, right? And so listen to me, people, this is important. Part of your fixed expenses are debt. Your car payment. I don't consider a mortgage, by the way, debt. I consider that an investment. Yes. That's because I'm in the real estate game. So I'm partial, right? Okay. But, uh, but, you, but, but your car payment is debt. It is debt. It's a liability. Your, yeah. Your credit <laughs> Unless card Unless it's payments, a business vehicle or something that's, you know. Yeah. Your credit we'll, card we'll payments that later, though. are debt. Right. So if you can get rid of debt, it's like getting a raise. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have, let's say you have a four hundred dollar car payment. If you get rid of that debt, if you pay that car off, you just got a four hundred dollar a month raise. Right. Right. If you've got a credit card that has thirty five hundred dollars on it and you have to pay two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars a month to that credit card to try to Ooh. pay it down or at least keep it from continuing to go up. You get rid of that $3,500 month debt or you get rid of that $3,500 debt. You just got a $250 a month raise. You do right. both of those things. You've just got a $650 a month raise. Yep. You want to, you want to talk about how do I make more money? Get rid of debt. Now, yeah. how do I get rid of debt? Money log, slim back your expenses, and then take that extra money and put it all towards your debt. M- my wife and I, we did this when we were younger. We were We had all this debt. So I went like, I became like a, like a tyrant. I mean, every single dime we spent, I'm like, we don't need to do that. We don't need to spend money on that. Right. And I was taking large something. So keep in mind, we were living on, you know, we were living on everything we were making. We were running out of money right at the end of the month, just like most people. Right. But suddenly I went on this, like, I, I just became a tyrant, just threw the hammer down. I'm like, we're not spending money. Cause I knew we were going to start having kids soon and things were just going to get right. more expensive. So I just threw the hammer down, man. And we started, believe it or not, I was able to save, if you want to call it that, about $1,200 a month. Wow. Between we're not buying clothes, we're not going out to eat, we're not buying booze, we're not like, and I was able to save about $1,200 a month. Well, I took that entire $1,200 every month and pushed it towards our debt. Right. Pushed it towards our debt. Pushed it towards our, we almost got a divorce over it. 
my wife was like so angry at me because she was like, we don't even have a life. You're like, you're just like fanatical about this thing. I'm like, just trust me, baby. We did this for a little over a year. I think it was like 14, 15 months. We paid off all that debt and got rid of all of that debt. And then guess what we figured out? Now we got rid of all that debt, which saved us another six, eight, $900 a month, whatever it was. Plus we figured out we could live on $1,200 a month less than what we thought we could before. It was like getting a $2,000 a month raise. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, my, you know, my, then my wife had the baby. She wanted to stay at home with the baby. I said, look, we, we, just, we joined a little company. I went to work with this team of people. We made a little bit of extra money. But between that and all the money we got rid of, the, the, the debt we got rid of, and all the money we figured out that we could live less on, she, never, she didn't have to go back to work. She was able to be a stay-at-home mom. We went wow. from living the, uh, you know, a, 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 a hand-to-mouth, no money left over at the end of the month lifestyle on two incomes to being comfortable on one income simply by debt reduction. Wow. By being fanatical for a year, a little over a year, and then getting rid of some debt. So, and, and I want to hit on that too, because it's, it's one of those things like you talked about with the, you know, driving the, the, the car that you don't need, driving the, you know, having that car payment that you don't really need, have, going to the places that you don't really need to go to, all of these things. I think, I think the issue is, and again, I may be way off here, but in my opinion, I think a lot of the reason people and i we talked about my biggest thing last week in, is ego people's egos get in the way to where they they want to drive that nice bmw they want to drive that nice mercedes or tesla but they can't afford it at the end of the day or they're they're digging a hole to where instead of having that 400 or 500 or 600 a month car payment they could be buying a used vehicle or having a used vehicle and they can drive that which does just fine does make makes all makes all the ends meet and and living that comfortable like i think it was what drew Brees, who who still drove his like 19 like 1998 civic and and this was back in like 2014 still drove his 1998 civic or whatever it was making Mm -hmm. multi-million dollars a year yeah where it's like but people people care too much about their status and then they dig themselves in a hole where when people cool they see your car once and they're like i don't give a shit anyways Right? Like, they're worried about their problems. Yeah. They're worried about their financial issues too. Yeah, they're that's like, right. They're like nice three series, bro. And then that's it. That's all you get. That was all you got for your $800 a month car payment. But here's, here's the thing. There's, there's so much magic in being able to give yourself a raise, give yourself a raise. Not wait for your boss to give you a raise, not wait for the universe to give you a raise, not to wait for the government to send you a stimulus check, give yourself a raise by, by being more, more disciplined with your spending, right? And figuring out how to create additional money by spending less money. Now, here's where things can get really magical for you. I've, I've talked to people who said, Brian, I, I can't save. I don't, I, I can't save money. I don't, I don't have enough money left over at the end of the month to save. And I go, okay, well, do this. Save $50. So when you get paid your next paycheck, take $25 out, put it in savings account. You'll never miss it. You'll never miss $25, right? Next paycheck, do the same thing. Now, the next month, you'll, you'll realize, oh, you know what? I, I didn't miss that 25 bucks. I, I probably somewhere along the way bought one less Jersey Mike sub or something, but I didn't feel it, right? It didn't impact my life, right? So the next month, save $100. Take $50 out of each paycheck. You'll never feel it, right? And maybe you need to do that for a couple of months, but at some point you realize, like, yeah, I don't even miss that $100. In fact, I don't even know what I was spending it on because I, my life hasn't changed. Right. Well, then you can increase it to 150, you know, and, and, that, and that's how you can build on, that's how you can, you know, without 
if you if if you're like, dude, I'm not logging everything I spend. I'm just not doing that. Okay, fine. Pay yourself first. When you get your paycheck, go, this $50 is for my future. I'm paying me today. I'm paying me before sdg and I'm, I'm paying me before at and <laughs> I'm paying me before Wells Fargo auto loans, right? I'm going to take my $50. I'm going to put it over here in my bank account. Now, everybody else gets their money and whatever's left over, I can spend, right? right. And, and, then, and then, and that's how you begin to do that. Now, what's crazy is, you know, just something as little as minor as $100 a month, you know, I took $100 a month, this was many moons ago, and I just put it into some little variable mutual fund, right? And it was just automatically drafted out of my check. I just never never even saw didn't it. See it. Just, yeah. it just went away. Yeah, just it was like it wasn't even there, right? It's like I got a $100 a month pay cut. Like I never saw the money, okay? Forgot about it for like eight years. And my wife and I go to build this. We had our house in Virginia and we wanted to build this deck, right? We wanted to build a deck and put a jacuzzi out there. And, you know, and we were talking about, okay, do we get a, do we get a, a home equity line of credit. I don't, I'm not putting this on a credit card. How are we going to do this? We didn't have any savings, you know, and that kind of thing. So we were trying to figure it out. We were looking at creative financing. And all of a sudden I went, wait a minute. What about this little variable mutual fund? I wonder how much money's in there. I pulled it up. There was $20,000 in there. Wow. On a hundred bucks a month for about nine, I think it was eight or nine years. We were amassing that. Right. But right? Yeah, you never missed. And but now you never missed. Like, there was oh. $20,000 in there. I was like, Oh my gosh. So we liquidated <laughs> the majority of that and we paid for our deck. And so we, we bought ourselves something nice. We improved our lifestyle, something we would enjoy together and didn't have to, didn't have to borrow a penny, did not have to go a penny into debt. Right. That's now some people would say, yeah, but you spent your investment. That wasn't our retirement fund or anything. That was just like literally like a slush fund. I'm like, I'm just going to take a hundred bucks and throw it over here and see what sure. happens in time. Well, I just did it again. I got that same fund, that same little hundred dollar a month deal. I just, Sean Jacob, little test. I just liquid liquidated that sucker and bought my, built myself an outdoor kitchen. Right. <laughs> Which so is beautiful, it, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> but it just goes to show the power of just a, something so small, like just a hundred dollars a month that you put, a, put aside in time can become, can become so great for you. So, and you know, I want to hit on one thing too, but that you kind of talked about was people saying, I don't have the ability to set aside money a month yet. They walk around with the newest iPhone. They walk around with the new, it like, well, yeah, it blows my mind. It, yeah. Like it, it honestly pains me. Cause it's like, you're walking, you, you say you don't, you can't invest back into yourself. Right. Right. Because that's what it is when you're saving $50 a paycheck or $25 mm-hmm. a paycheck, whatever it is, you're investing back into yourself. You said it, you're paying yourself first, but yet you're, you're saying you don't have the means to do that, but yet you just dropped $1,600 on the newest iPhone. Right. Well, it, it could even and, and be it, more, it could even be more insidious than that. I mean, it could be, you know, you're having the conversation. I, I, you know, there's no way my budget is too tight. I simply cannot save any money as I'm taking a sip of my $11 IPA in a bar downtown where we're having this conversation. Right. You know, like it. So I think a lot of it is, is it's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. It's also just is some of it's just recognition, Scott. I mean, some of it's just like, you don't, you, if you ask the average person, I think, I don't care whether they make 20,000 a year or 200,000 a year or 2 million a year. If you ask the average person, you know, Hey, what, where's your, where's your, you know, what's your total month amount you make every month? Where are your total bills? Add all that up. Here's the, the dollar amount left over. Where does it all go? 
they would tell you they have no idea. They have no answer. They have no answer. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hey man, you make, you make $6,000 a month. You know, you've got $3,500 a month in hard bills, right? Mortgage, water, gas, phone, I, you got $2,500 left over. Where does it go? And they would go, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it goes. It goes to golf. It goes to food. It goes to restaurants. It goes to entertainment. It goes to the movies. It goes to shoes for the kids. It goes to all these things. And they could tell you in this nebulous way, well, it goes to all these kinds of things. But, did you know, that's $2,500. Where does it go? And they can't tell you. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it is, is a lot of the keys to success in that regard is just raising awareness, just figuring out where's your money going. Mm-hmm. You know? I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. And that's it. That's what it took for me to start getting out of debt. And again, like you said, there's, and, and I don't know if everyone's listening is noticing a trend here where Brian and I essentially did the same thing mm-hmm. to get from where we were to where we wanted to be. And it's, it started with just, swallowing our pride uh, Scott Walters hit it there in the chat is swallowing our pride and, and reducing our, our, our reducing our wants and focusing on our needs. Well, you just did, you just did it. You just did it. You, you, you had a really, really, really nice, really expensive car. Yeah. Right. That had a really, really painful monthly payment associated with it. <laughs> right. Which granted, and again, that was a one was an investment. So it was an investment. It was a business expense, but you're going through a bit of a life transition right now. Right. And that, and with that creates a little bit of uncertainty. Yep. So with that uncertainty being fiscally responsible, you said, Hey, look, I'm going to pare back my expenses as much as I possibly can. So that during this period of kind of change transition, and transition. Yeah. I don't find myself in a bad situation. That's and so right. you were, you, you were like, Hey, I'm going to let go of this really expensive car for now. And you know what, if I want to buy it again later, I can do that. But right, right now I don't need that. You know, I, I, I need to pare back what I'm doing. So, and I just think that's, it's just wise, you know, and, and people need to be willing to do that. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's, and that's the thing is, is, you know, <laughs> cause at the end of the day, I, no one's, People's opinions don't pay your bills. <laughs> oh, oh man, don't even get me started on that. People's opinions right. don't pay your dang bills. So it, people are going to run their mouth. People, I'm sure people will when I get rid of get rid of my car, and I, and I'm driving my other vehicle. People are going to oh, what? Why did he? Why did he get rid of his vehicle? He, he is he is he not doing as well? Is he? Is, did he have to get rid of? It's like, listen, you're just going to be yapping as it is, and I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing, <laughs> and. Yeah, it's it. Opinions don't pay bills, people. So stop worrying about the opinions of others That's when right. it comes to lifestyle. Chadwick just said he goes, "I'm enjoying my 75 cent coffee." Me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> right? Make my own coffee. Put it in my you know. Put it in my little cup, and here we go. Um, yeah. Listen. Speaking of that, that's a great principle uh, too that we could touch on. Is who are you taking advice from when it comes to money? Listen. There's there's a phrase that I don't think I coined it. I don't know where I heard it uh, many, many moons ago, but I've held on to it and it served me very, very well. And here it is. Check the fruit on the tree. Anytime somebody's talking to you, including us, yeah. <laughs> right? As you're listening to this, right? Check the fruit on the tree, right? In other words, if somebody's talking to you about money, they darn well better have made some of it and, and know how to keep it and have something to show for it. 
If someone's talking to you about getting healthier and being in shape, right? If they're grotesquely out of shape, you might want to question how much do they really know about that, right? right. If somebody like, I don't take golf advice from hackers, right? I never trust a skinny chef, <laughs> right? And I don't trust a doctor who smokes. This is common sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who are you listening to? I think part of the, part of the challenge that a lot of people have is that they, they take advice from people that don't have any business giving advice in those areas. Right. right. Whether it's financial, whether it's business, whether it's anything else. Right. So careful who you listen to check the fruit on the tree. I think that's important. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, and that's it. <laughs> when I, when I first started my entrepreneurial journeys, I, I was, I, I was concerning myself with the opinions of the people that were in the same position that I was, that I knew were in debt, that were new, were living paycheck to paycheck. And I, and then I, I had one of my mentors, fortunately pulled me out of that. Cause he was like, Scott, why are you listening to them? Are they where you want to be? Are yeah. they, do they have the lifestyle that you're aspiring towards that you're yeah. working for? I was like, well, no. He's like, then stop listening to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to get the same result that they're getting. How, how can someone, and again, since we're talking about money, he's like, how can someone making $5,000 a month teach you how to make 50? That's exactly right. Right. And it's, it's the same, it's the same concept, right? Check the fruit on the tree where it's, you know, I, 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 you always be, and this is where changing your circle comes in too, right? Especially yeah. when it comes to finances. Holy cow. Cause when you, if you have the same circle of people that just all they want to do is go out and drink and party and eat out and do all these things, I can tell you exactly where your money's going. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, and that's again, military, we work hard and we play hard. Well, so, now here's, here's the other thing too about that. Like when it comes to money, right. And where your money is going, somebody thinks that a $5 coffee is, is a $5 coffee. And today that's true. If you spend $5 today on a $5 coffee today, it costs you $5. But what they don't think about is if you took that $5 and you invested it for the next 20 years, that $5 becomes, X, I don't know, several hundred dollars. More than $5. Yeah, considerably more than five bucks. Let's just call it $100, right? After 20 years of, of, call it 40 bucks. I don't care. Whatever you want. Let's call it $40. Let's say your $5 invested over 20 years becomes 40 bucks in time. That's not a $5 coffee. That's a $40 coffee. <laughs> right. And people don't think about that. They don't think about it like that, right? Right. Um, and, and granted, you know, I'm not suggesting that we should never enjoy ourselves or spend money on food or drinks or coffee or fast food. We're like, that's not what we're saying. It's just gaining awareness, I think. But let, let's shift gears for a second because we got about 10 minutes before we need to wrap up. Let, let's talk about making more money because you, Scott, a uh, career military man, just like myself, uh, up until just a few years ago, it was paycheck from the military and that's it. That's right? right. And I was in the same boat. It was paycheck from the military and that's it. But you and I both found a way to create more income, not, not just save, not just give ourselves a raise in the sense of saving money, but actually create additional income. Right. And how life-changing was that for you? I mean, help me pay off all my debt and give myself the ability to free myself from the military 10 years early. I'm getting out at the 10 year mark and retire quote unquote retiring. I know I'm not officially retiring out of the military, but mm -hmm. retiring myself from the military 10 years early because that was my only plan prior to entrepreneurship. My mm -hmm. plan was stay in the military for 20 years, retire at 50% of my base pay, 
and most likely get another job because mm-hmm. surprise, surprise, if you're in the military and you think you're going to retire after, after 20 years of 50% of your base pay, <laughs> you got another thing coming. Just saying. Trust me. You're not, <laughs> trust me. Okay? And I have my validation here from a retired <laughs> yeah. 04. So, That's right. Trust uh, me. You're not going to, not going to retire. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was life-changing and it, it opened my eyes to see what the, see what the possibilities are. And, you know, and let I, I, before going into it, I want to say like, we can talk about multiple things here and next episode, but we can just put it out to a poll where next episode, let's talk all about leverage versus linear income. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's where I learned that right. Leverage versus linear income or, you know, spending habits, or we can do so many different things, but Letting hey, if you're if you're watching, this, drop drop a comment and and let us know because we're gonna we're gonna carry this money conversation out for a couple of weeks, I think. So, yeah. drop in the comments like, what do you guys want? Do you guys want to talk about how to make more money? Do you guys want to talk about you know literally how to create more income coming into your household? Do you want to talk more about amassing wealth long term because those are different strategies, right? Like. Yep. You guys want to talk about more like, you know, the mindset of how to think about money to change the way that you operate with money? Or do you want to talk about like hard, no kidding, actual strategies and techniques like like money logging, right, as an example, to create more wealth and to to save more and to get out of debt and do those things. Put in the comments, what what do you guys want to talk about next week? Because we're going to we're going to take all that on board and we're you know, we're going to we're going to talk about what you guys want to talk about. But yeah, so like you were saying, going back to it is the, it it was life-changing for me because now, now, and now I'm able to understand truly how successful people get to where they are because Mm -hmm. I had my nine to five, which was the military. I started working on something extremely part-time in the cracks of my schedule to be able to build residual income. And I took that residual income. I started saving and I, I paid off my debt first. And then I took that residual income and I kept my lifestyle the same off of what I was making in the military. Mm-hmm. And I took that residual income and put it into other things. That's right. Because, and, to, and, and that's what successful people do. They take their, that they, they, I can't remember the, the percentage breakdown, but they take a percentage that they live off of. They, and then they invest, they have other percentages that they invest into other things, which then create more income. That's right. Them. That's right. And it, here's what else it does too is when you create a leveraged income, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. And we'll talk much, much more about this next week. And there's a lot of different ways to create a leveraged income. Scott, you and I are working together on a project creating a crazy leveraged income. And we've helped a lot of people do the same thing. And that's been remarkable. And it's been a huge blessing to watch how many people, how many lives we've been able to touch with that. Um, And so I would say like next week, tune in for sure, because we're going to talk about creating leveraged income. But when it comes to that, the, the amazing thing about leveraged income is let if I find a way to create a thousand dollars a month that I don't have to physically be present to earn, right? Mailbox money. Mailbox money. If I create a thousand dollars, then here's what that does. It frees up my time to go earn more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So now I have that that same time that I whatever time I invested to create that thousand dollars, I can now take that same time and invest it to create maybe another thousand dollars. And another thousand dollars. And then at some point, you might be able to buy all of your time back. That's right. You may, maybe you won't need that job. Maybe you can get out of the military early, you know, whatever the case is. And so like right now, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm very, very humbled. And it even makes my head kind of spin a little bit to even say this, but at 46 years old, I don't have a job. Yeah. Now I own a real estate firm, so I own a business it's leveraged income, yeah. right? 
We're building a successful team together inside of our project, you and I, Scott. That's a business. It's leveraged income. Right. right? I have a retirement because I because I spent 20 years of my life, I traded 20 years of my life for a retirement check, which I'm extraordinarily grateful for. That is a leveraged income. But at this point in my life, I live on leveraged income. I don't, I don't have to get out of bed and report to anywhere. And I feel like that's what everybody wants to get to. Yeah. That's retirement. That's what right. retirement is. Right. And that's, and, the, and that's where, you know, seeing the vision of being able to, to right. Because what's the average age of retirement? What, 65 in the US, I think? The last yeah, if 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 people ever get there, most people work till they're dead, right? Right, sixty five, right? Average age of retirement. What's the average lifespan? What is it like seventy seven or something like that? So, yeah, yeah, seventy three. So that means you're working all of your life from eighteen to sixty five, or maybe even younger, right? I got my first job at fifteen to sixty five to enjoy twelve years of retirement. Yeah, and those twelve years is when everything hurts and you don't have any energy. You don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I, yeah. And so I, I just didn't want that to be me. And so I, like I said, I'm extremely time motivated, but I'm also motivated to help others as well. You know, this and people that know me know this. I, I, so to be able to have the time freedom to not have to go back to the military, to be able to have that time to be able to do more for people, be able to make more money, to be able to then share it and prosper together. Right. That's, that's what I want to do. And so but I, I, and I didn't want that to be from the time I was 66 to 77. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. But, and you, and you, and, and you and I caught the same vision. You and I had the, 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 the very, very good fortune to come across people in our lives that could teach us the power of creating a leveraged income yeah. and then show us how to do it. Yeah. Right. And so next week we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about leveraged income. We're going to talk about different ways to create it. We'll talk about what it can do for you. We'll talk about how to use it to create and amass wealth, pay off debt, get yourself into a better situation. Um, next week's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited yeah. about this money topic, man, because I think that the, the people don't spend enough time really thinking about how do how do I map this thing out? Because look, if you've got a plan, like some people say, well, look, I've got a plan. I'm going to retire at 65. It's all mapped out. It's all here. And I go, well, that's fantastic. But how'd you like to retire at 58? Seven years of your life back. Let's go to work on that, you know, yeah. or people say, well, I don't have a plan at all. I'm like, well, let's build one, right. <laughs> you know, let's put one yeah. together, you know? So yeah, man, I'm excited for next week. Linear versus leverage income, the pros and cons of both the differences in both. I mean, it's, yeah. And we're going to, we'll talk, we'll talk about how to weave in the compound effect as it relates to that. We'll talk like, we'll, Absolutely. we're going to unpack this thing next week, but I'm telling you, I, I really believe in my heart that folks are going to get some huge, huge, huge takeaways next week. They're going to really help them to start building and creating, you know, a, a long, a longer term wealth. Um, Absolutely. I'm excited about that. So please do me a favor, drop a one in the comments on Facebook. If you got something out of today, if, uh, if this has been a good episode for you, it's been a great episode for me. I had a lot of fun. Oh man, I, I had a blast this episode. <laughs> I'm excited for next week. I'm already ready to get going on next week. Yeah. Well, we'll have to sit down and, and, and map out, you know, the way that we want to couch that for everybody, but next week is going to be a blast. I, I just want to say thank you uh, for helping to make our podcast successful. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We get a lot of feedback on Facebook, we get a lot of views on Facebook and, and we're getting a lot of plays. Um, and, and it's great because I really feel like I've had the honor and privilege of having a lot of fantastic mentors in my life that have poured into me and taught me a lot. Yep. And if I'm able to, to kind of pay that forward, that, that makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. Just like John Maxwell says, be a river, not a reservoir, right? There you go. 
There you go. So we will see you guys next weekend. Nothing but BS podcast. I am Brian. And I am Scott. You guys have a fantastic super weekend. We'll see you later. Later, guys.